0: hey there so today i interview my friend and business partner dr charles livingston he's been an owner building three eight figure businesses starting with first info products then a supplement company and now the coffee company that we own together life boost coffee charles is the architect behind our back-end sales and customer service processes that have allowed us to scale from around 850 units sold per month when we started working together back in january of 2019 to over 30,000 units a month in that first year to over 150,000 units a month. Now, without missing a beat in terms of customer service, brand quality, it's an amazing skill. So here's how he's done it. All right, so, uh, so the way that we met is, um, you were at our event. Uh, yep. That would have been in what, like 2014 or something? Yeah, probably 13 or 14, maybe. Yeah. And so I was familiar with you because you had fat loss factor, which I kind of want to dig into. And at the time, I think before then, actually a few years, it would have been like three or four years before then, I was trying to figure out how to create like an info product that actually like made money. That was one of like the 20 businesses that I tried to build in the first couple years. And so somehow found about out about ClickBank, I think through like Ryan Dice and Digital Market and all that kind of stuff. And then so... Started digging into there. You had, I think, the number one or one of the top products at the time on there. And so I was like trying to reverse engineer your funnel. I created some product called like The Source Diet, which, you know, I didn't know anything about that stuff. Mm -hmm. Like me and Jason, I think we tried to do it together. It did not work at all. I was kind of using my dad as the expert, but you all were crushing it at the time. Uh, What was Fat Loss Factor? So Fat Loss
1: Factor was actually, uh, it was a rebrand of an older weight loss program I developed called Green Life Weight Loss, which I actually oh. need my business after that stuck with me even after I was doing non-weight loss stuff. So it was kind of weird, but um, yeah. And uh, it was based on the fact that, so the whole thing, we were trying to find a hook, an angle for weight loss, right? And after doing a bunch of research and just, you know, I've already had, you know, hundreds or you know, thousands of hours of just research behind me in nutrition and weight loss and exercise and stuff. Um, and uh, we came up with the liver. So your liver is one of your primary metabolic organs because of how it processes through carbs and proteins and fats. Um, so we made the whole a book geared towards liver health um, for weight loss. Uh, and the whole fat loss factor was all about like ways to, you know, help improve your liver health. And by doing that, you know, inherently, it's just going to, or indirectly, it's going to boost your metabolism. What What was the diet like? What were like the highlights? Oh yeah, so it was like um, you started doing. I don't know if you remember the Master Cleanse back in the day, um, which was yeah, sort of. you know I, I can't even remember. It was like uh, you do a saltwater flush, and then uh, the the spicy lemonade. It was like lemon and mal- or uh, maple syrup and cayenne pepper, and you drank that you know, for like three, I think it was a three day cleanse. So you did that for three days and right after that, you rolled into a, a basically, uh, a vegan, not today's vegan diet where it's all, you know, full of processed foods, but an actual, like no processed food, just straight vegetable diet for like two weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and after that you started introducing, um, meat back in and cause you want to create it for a lifestyle. Like the whole goal was, you know, hit the body hard early with some things it has to adapt to and just purge it of toxins. Then after that roll into something that's sustainable to where you could eat your favorite foods like 20% of the time, 80% of the time you had
0: a nice, you know, healthy diet that you could follow. You think it worked? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But y'all got lots of like unsolicited kind of testimonials and that kind of thing. Yeah. And then y'all, so it was, it was mainly like an ebook. Did it include like video training and stuff or was it mainly just the ebook? the video training was an upsell. Um, it was
1: in, that we just went through some exercises and just more in depth about, you know, the diet and, uh, just video instructions of like putting together the master cleanse and putting together the, the, the raw food diet and like all that, like the, the product came, that was the upsell. The product came with like all the grocery lists and, 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 um, you know, foods that you should be eating and foods you shouldn't be eating, that type of thing. And you sold it for what, like forty bucks? The ebook. It started at, I think it was sixty seven at first. Then
0: we ended up moving it down to forty seven. And then, at the time, I think uh, I can't remember if it was per year or total sales. You did like ten million or something, something crazy. Yeah. Like what What were like the total sales you you sold of that ebook? Yeah. Were, uh, once it took us. It took us a year or so to
1: get it going. We had to really split test the sales letter, and this is when the the doodle video sales letters first came out, right? Yeah. And like everybody was trying to do them, and nobody, it, we were just testing like crazy, and that was really hard to like split test. Um, so once you know we we got it, and, you know dialed in, it, it just went nuts, and it just the way ClickBank works is once it gets traction other affiliates hear about it and they start promoting it. And so we just had this army of affiliates and they just shot it right to the top. And then there was like, like think two or three other uh, weight loss offers at the top. And so we we're competing with them. And eventually, you know, we we passed everybody. And we were able to hold that, the number one spot for a couple of years.
0: How much of it do you think you sold? Like dollar amount? Oh, man. I don't Probably like... Now, like
1: between 15 and 18 million, I'd imagine. That's so crazy. <laughs> 15 million
0: dollars of an ebook.
1: Yeah, yeah. Now, I mean, those like they're the guys at the top, I probably are doing 50 to 100 million, but they're also not ebooks or they're supplements.
0: Yeah, yeah. I just checked them out today because I was kind of curious because, like, because I knew we were going to be doing this and I was like, what is ClickBank doing today? And I know we had kind of talked about it, I'd poked around, but I just checked it out today. And like all the top products they're pushing are physical products. Um, And then, you know, weight loss, you know, supplements are a big category. There's like weight loss supplements. There's like the Java burn people, you know, and then there was like some random, uh, I think gut related supplements. There was like a probiotic and stuff like that. But then they also had physical products. I didn't dig into it, but like survival and that kind of thing. Whereas like back in the day, it was all eBooks, like muscle building, weight loss, fitness, like I don't really know what else, but now it's like all physical stuff. You can't, I guess you can't really get away selling an ebook for 70 bucks now. No, no. Kindle kind of (laughs) destroyed that, right? Yeah. Wait, what what are you saying? What destroyed it? Kindle? Yeah. So
1: back in the day, ClickBank was the premier platform for ebooks. Yeah. Um, And then once Kindle came in uh, and all the marketers jumped on board you know, it, it really diminished what ClickBank could do. Cause I mean, the books
0: were a third of the price. Right. Hmm. In- That's interesting. I never, never thought about Kindle being the thing that kind of made that change. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there were other spinoffs like software projects
1: or, which I think is now called buy goods maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a couple other Digi, maybe Digi store, I think, some yeah. other platforms that, um, I think their sale was or their hook was they're a little more liberal than, um, ClickBank was with allowing claims and things like
0: that. Yeah. And then so so this fat loss factor, or I guess like the green life weight loss, like, because you you went to school and became, you know, licensed chiropractor. And then at some point, you're kind of like, what the hell am I doing? I'm working all these hours. And my friend Brad that you've known that, you know, I loosely know, uh, but he was sitting here, you know, building these businesses, making money, doing online marketing stuff. And you're like, that sounds a lot better than, you know, doing this kind of seeing patients all day and not making a lot of money. So you kind of went. Started working for him at like the ground level, doing customer service, that kind of thing. But was this like the first business you did together or was it something else? No, that was, um, yeah, Fat Loss Factor was the first business that we did
1: together. Um, And how it went down was just, um, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, what did I want to do with my life? I did not want to. I, I loved being a chiropractor. I loved adjusting. I loved seeing patients hated absolutely hated the politics of medicine it's terrible what do you um, mean the politics mm-hmm. basically when you're under with when you deal with insurance and things like that they are the ones who dictate the care mm. that you can give patients versus you um and th- there's, there's this whole mess of trying to get paid And them not wanting to, I mean, their business model was to like, say, you know, obviously make money. Your business model is to make money. And if Mm -hmm. they have control over making money, it's going to be in their favor, right? So trying to get paid just kept getting harder and harder. And they would pay you less and less Hmm. uh, for what you were doing. And it was just, it just made practice not that fun. Yeah. Um, And it really kind of things that people needed to have in practice, they weren't, um, like a lot of times insurance wouldn't pay for because whatever reasons they had. Mm -hmm. Um, I I did not like uh, an insurance company dictating the care that I could provide my, my my patients. Um, So that and just like I wanted to travel, I wanted to be able to work anywhere in the world. And the the best thing that that was suitable for that lifestyle was getting online, right? Yeah. So just talking with Brad, he's like, Yeah, man, come with me. I'll teach you the ropes, more money, less stress, uh, but I had to start in customer service, so mm-hmm. <laughs> in a software company, uh, so which I literally knew nothing about. So yeah. I came from a hundred percent science background. I had like maybe one business class in chiropractic school, mm-hmm. uh, and so I knew nothing. So I literally had to start from ground zero again and just learn. So everything I know about business and marketing was self taught.
0: Yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess you kind of like you, you, you know, one of the people that I know that probably devours business books just as much as anybody else. Yeah. I love it, man. Um, yeah.
1: learning, you know, anywhere, any, any course I could get my hands on at the time, any book, uh, including, including our course that you bought, I think. man, yeah, that was like, <laughs> I was so mad cause you, you kept every, it was like every week I'd have to wait till the next section. will <laughs> oh, take forever to get through this. <laughs>
0: Yeah. And then, um, then so, uh, at some point, I guess, when did you decide to build perfect origins, which is, you know, your, your supplement business that you had, I don't think you still have it anymore, but when did you decide to build that supplement business?
1: Yeah. So what happened was Brad and I went to a a traffic diversion summit Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: while we were there, uh, a a buddy of, of mine, Craig Ballantyne, you know, we, we had a chat with him and his business partner, Matt Smith at the time. And they sat us down. They're like, look, you do not have a business. You have an offer. Somebody's going to come and build a better mousetrap and they're going to overtake. Yeah. You. What are you going to do? And that was one of those like, holy crap moments. Like yeah. right, we do only have one offer We're not even a real business. So then Brad and I got together and started talking and, uh, and that's how perfect origins came out. We were like, you know what? Let's um, create a supplement company uh, and take our hook about liver health and create a supplement for it. So that's how Perfect Origin started. And then actually at your event, uh, we met Goher uh, because he was one of your speakers. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that's how you met him. Yeah. Yeah. It was at your uh, VIP dinner thing. Yeah. Because I was sitting next to you and him. Mm. (laughs) You were on one side, (laughs) he was on the other. Yeah. Um, and so we, we started chatting and stuff. And he was like, yeah, I'll, I'll take a swing at it. And he tested the offer that Brad and I had created. And he was like, you guys have no idea what you have here. He's like, I want in. So we had some talks afterwards and made him a partner. And that's how it started. And within, let me see. That was, shoot, man. That was like 2012, 13, somewhere around
0: there. Yeah.
1: Uh, shortly after we had that uh, we went to your event, your first amazing event, uh, and then, you know, from there, uh, within a year, we had gotten it uh, to seven figures, and then the following
0: year, we got it to eight figures. Yeah, so y'all y'all got that business to like 10 million plus a year. So you went from like selling an info product where, you know, Craig Ballantyne, who's been in the market for a long time, is kind of like, hey, you just have an offer, and so you go build a supplement company, you build a good offer in the supplement company, gets up to 10 million plus a year but then it kind of like falls apart for one reason or another stops converting or got fatigued or something. And you couldn't really like dig out of that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was one of those where, um, you know, there's three of us basically three cooks in the kitchen. Right. Uh, so we all had different ideas. Um, all had different aspects of business, you know, typical partner stuff. If, if you're not communicating enough, then, you know, and it just didn't end up working out. Um, Brad uh, wanted to get out and focus more on software, which is his uh, primary thing. So yeah. we bought him out and then Goer and I ran it. And, um, you know, just at that time, everything was changing online. Uh, and it, the, the offer just wasn't converting like it used to. And, um, and then, I mean, we had other products and stuff and we kept it going uh and you know I end up selling it to Goer and I think to this day it's still at seven figures so he's, he's kept it going
0: yeah so then so then that kind of leads us to like our current business uh and so you went from like an offer in the info product space kind of like an offer in the supplement space mm-hmm. but then now I mean we have very much like a real business that that you run um which you know a lot of people know that are, that are kind of listening to this but you know life boost you know ink 500 three times in a row Incredible growth, great, great business. We both love the product, the coffee. Um, with that company, kind of, how did you create the business in the very beginning? Like, how did you figure out how to source the coffee, brand it? Because that's totally different than supplements, totally different than info products. It's a food product, which has a whole different bunch of hoops most people don't want to jump through. Like, what was the very first way you you were able to sell like the first bag?
1: Yeah. So um, just. From my background of affiliate marketing and ClickBank, and you know, I, I made a lot of friends. Uh, you know, helped a lot of people out. They've helped us out. So um, this offer literally fell in my lap. Um, they were taking the supplements, and the guy reached out to me and was like, "We want to put the supplement in the coffee, which is a small farm in Nicaragua." And I was like, this "Liver herbs would be super bitter. It would not taste good at all." It's like you don't want to do. That like, but, you know, I'm really getting interested in coffee. You know, this is a bulletproof coffee was a craze or people putting butter in their coffee. And yeah. I started to do that. Um, you, you
0: didn't drink coffee, but when did you start drinking coffee?
1: I didn't start drinking coffee till probably early 30s. But this was foo foo
0: Starbucks <laughs> coffee. Yeah. Uh, where you would drink it. This is like it. only like a few years later when you, when you started yeah. on this. Yeah. So I was drinking those and then Bulletproof
1: came out. I started to educate, get educated on coffee and realize that, you know, up until th- that point, people were, were saying coffee was not healthy. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you know, all the research comes out and is like, coffee is really healthy. It's actually the number one antioxidant in the United States. Uh, mm-hmm. Good or bad. You know, I don't know if that means people aren't getting enough vegetables or whatever. Um, but it was the primary source of antioxidants. Uh, and, you know just doing the research and learning from it i was like man there's not really you know a lot of like healthy coffee options out there um at that time like organic coffee you know a lot of times it didn't taste as good as conventional coffee um you know coffee most coffee was blended meaning they took inferior beans and would mix it with good beans uh, in order for margin control. A lot of it would be. Yeah. Um, have, you, have,
0: you, have you heard of sweeps? No. This guy that I talked to that like he went real deep down the rabbit hole with like how to roast coffee, you know, specialty coffee. He owns some coffee shops in New York City and stuff. He says there's literally a kind of coffee called sweeps, which is like they roast coffee, like crap falls off on the floor. They sweep it up. And then they literally resell that coffee. Like it seems crazy, but he seems to know a lot about this stuff. And I think he's correct. But I mean, that's like a perfect example of why, you know, blended is like a little scary. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it doesn't surprise me. (laughs) (laughs) So
1: for me, my whole thing was, is like, if I'm going to be drinking this, because I was starting to drink it every day. I'm like, if I'm drinking this every single day, one has to be. You know, Bulletproof brought light to mycotoxins, which is mold in mm-hmm. coffee, whether it's organic or not organic, um, depending on the conditions of how the coffee's grown and where it's stored and transported and blah, blah, blah. Um, you can get mold in coffee. So it's very conscious of that. Uh, I didn't want any type, coffee's the third most drink beverage in the world, right? So which means it's a cash crop, which means that it's highly sprayed with pesticide. And since a lot of this is overseas, their regulations are different than in the U S um, and being not a food product, but more of a beverage, I believe it, it's even more loose. Right. So it becomes highly important to make sure that like for me anyway, um, that, that I was drinking the cleanest source I could find. And so I, this is kind of what led me down the path of, you know, finding that, and creating that. Um, and that was an iteration over time. I mean, when Life Lifeboost started, it was like, this was great coffee. It hit all the criteria I was looking for, certified organic single origin. Um, and it was delicious. It was so good. Uh, so I talked with uh, one of the owners of the farms there and created, um, you know, they, they gave me the supply and so I just created a business around it. And it was literally how we started was just the, just a sales page. And I
0: just ran it like an affiliate offer. And so they they were doing, they were doing the fulfillment from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so you, so you started just selling it on Shopify, right? Like that was from day one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: at, at that time, like Shopify was the easiest way to create, uh, a store. Mm hmm. That's how we started. Actually, Ezra helped me with that one. He was a, a partner for a while, Ezra Firestone. Yeah, forget that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then he got super busy and he was like, all right, man, I can't do it. I was like, okay. <laughs> I understand. Yeah. He was
0: running like four other e-commerce businesses at the time. Um, so wh- where did the initial sales come? Because like, when when you and I partnered up, it was January, basically January of 2019, and the business was a lot smaller, but it was still doing like 200 grand a year in sales. Like, where did those sales come from? Uh, affiliates. I had uh, a small group of
1: affiliates who were just running offers monthly. Um, and then we had a subscription model on the back end. Yeah. And we would just retain customers. And so that just kept going.
0: And were those affiliates from Fat Loss Factor or just
1: people you knew? Yeah, it started with people I met through Fat Loss Factor and Perfect Origins. And I would be like, hey, test this out. It's different because my whole thing, when looking at it, I was like, I need something that not everybody else has at mm-hmm. that moment, right? And healthy coffee was something that, you know, everybody was at this time getting into supplements uh, and protein powders and things like that. So I was like, well, I'm going to go coffee. Uh, yeah. Just
0: different, right? And, yeah. and, and the affiliate offer from the beginning was uh, $30 per sale. Yeah. How did you choose that dollar amount?
1: Um, just ran some numbers, uh, figuring out, you know, if I can, I, my whole goal was to break even on the customer, right? So if I can give them a good CPA, uh, then in, and it didn't like, I think that time the average order value was like $60. It's yeah. like, I'll oh, cover the cost of goods and shipping and all that stuff. Uh, and I'll give the, any profit over to, the 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 uh, affiliate and then they can just grow and scale and then we can work on you know upsells and back end sales after that to increase profit margin
0: yeah cool yeah so then so then you and i partnered up january of 2019 basically grew the business you know my job was kind of figure out the sales funnel run the facebook ads initially find someone to take those over and kind of scale it up from there which which we were able to do one of the crazy parts i mean it was awesome we were able to grow the sales but i mean i just like calculated <laughs> that first month you know january we would have done like 17 grand in sales in january of 2019 which if you say like an average of like 20 bucks a bag kind of you know after subscription discounts all that kind of stuff that's basically like 850 bags sold that month fast forward like 12 months like i think we were around 12 or 13 months around like 650 grand a month in sales at that around the same, you know, price per bag or so. That's 32,000 bags a month. From 850 bags a month to 32,000 bags a month in 1 year. The part that I still like don't know how you did was like how did you keep the wheels from like falling off in that time period? So this was from a lot of training
1: from Fat Loss Factor and Perfect Origins, just a lot of mistakes I made then cuz uh for both of those I was in charge of more of the back end and operations um, and so just, you know, learning from mistakes I made in the past, of what not to do
0: um, and... Like, what, what were some of those things? Like what, like, what were some of the mistakes you had at Fat Loss Factor? Because, I mean, y'all had... I mean, I guess in almost every business you've been involved in, you've had this kind of pretty rapid growth. Like, most businesses don't go from, like, nothing to, like, 10 million plus a year in like a couple of years, like that's, that's not usually normal, but you've kind of been involved in that in like three businesses in a row. So like, what, what were the, the um, some of the big things that like, didn't go right at Fat Loss Factor that you're like, okay, I don't want to repeat that. I, I oh, like boost. Customer service was a nightmare in Fat Loss Factor. Oh, it was the worst. It was just one of those
1: things where, um, uh, we didn't have enough people doing it and we had so many tickets coming in that it would take forever for people to get answered. The answers weren't that great because the quality control of the answers, um, because this time it was just Brad and I, and then we hired, uh, I think one older lady who was, who was answering these tickets and maybe one other person. And there were so many tickets. And so just to get through them, the answers weren't the greatest, uh, and yeah, I mean, it was just just the feedback from the customers and how unhappy they were with the answer or because, I mean, with some of the stuff, like it's technical, right? So you need to have good answers. And, like, uh, like diet or health related questions? Yeah. 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 You'd have to answer it in such a way to where you weren't giving medical advice. So just trying to navigate all that as well. Yeah. Um, so it just really bottlenecked. Customer service. So I was, you know, that was one of the biggest things
0: was just making sure that customers were taken care of. But, but how did you fix that at LifeBoost? I uh, I mean, LifeBoost. You know, it's a whole different animal. Like you're selling yeah. physical products, so then, like, you know, there's eight million. like Shipping is probably the main thing people have. Where's my order? Um, yeah. What did you What did you do differently? Um. So with that,
1: we just hired more uh, customer service people from the beginning. You know, making sure that the wait time in between answers and responses was much faster. Um, I think we we said 24 hours or less, you'll get a response from us. So Mm -hmm. we put, you know, hard stops and be like, anything above this is unacceptable. It needs to be this or below. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then once we put a manager in place, um, you know, that just got even tighter. Like she really dialed in and, you know, trained worked like monthly trainings and weekly trainings with the customer service people and as we grew she was hiring underneath um and i mean that's the thing like you just got to be aware of what's coming in and i the other thing i also did which i didn't do for fat loss factor was i have all tickets forwarded into my personal gmail account just so i can like see it on a daily basis yeah Um, and just look for that pattern of, you know, what's coming out of the pipeline. What are pe- people complaining about, you know, how, so it's always top of mind. And so for I, the biggest change from, of what I learned from like those businesses versus LifeBoost is, you know, just internally you take care of your customer. Yeah. Um, so that, that's really the biggest change I would say. And then just adding more systems and processes in to where, you know, you have SOPs in place and, um, quality assurance in place. Uh, that was one thing we did with perfect origins that we didn't have in fat loss factors. We started adding QA people, QAing the website, Hmm. uh, the, the sales page, people, QAing, um, you know, the answers, uh, you
0: know, all that. So that's very important. Yeah, so when I would go in there and break something, yes, people people would freak out before the customers did. <laughs> <laughs> it would be cut. <laughs> um, yeah, that's interesting. So, so it's kind of, uh, I mean, part of it was just making the focus of like, hey, like bad customer service is like not acceptable at this business, which is a shift. Um, another part is like you getting that data, which is kind of like like Jeff Bezos. You know, for I don't know if it's still the case; he's not really CEO anymore. But you could email Jeff or Jeff B or whatever at Amazon.com. And he would see some of those emails, like maybe not everyone, but he would see some of those like, and he runs, you know, one of the biggest companies on the planet, but it's like having that kind of, um, direct access. Cause you realize that even if you don't see everything, like if you see one issue, depending on the size of the company, there's probably like 10 or a hundred X of those things happening. So it's kind of like, if you see one issue, like that's probably a problem for a hell of a lot more people. So then like you getting that data to kind of like spot check is good. And then also you've you've had a really good manager um which you know not everyone may be able to find but still having somebody who like that is his or her role uh how did you find Michelle who's kind of the person who does a lot more now but initially was was mainly managing customer service um how did you find her she was like working at a restaurant or something or
1: yeah uh, you know what and she was actually a referral so i think when i look back at like hires um, when we were hiring for Perfect Origins, uh, Whitney, um, I hired her and she was a restaurant manager at PF Changs and was looking mm-hmm. for a career change. Yeah. Uh, and if you think about it, like restaurant managers, they are used to absolute chaos and they work in just super stressful situations. So they're able to handle stress easily uh, and able to function very well under a lot of stress. So you know, we hired her for Perfect Origins, and she did amazing. Um, at the time, I think she was the customer service manager, and then we ended up moving her to office manager. And uh, she referred her best friend, who was Michelle, hmm. and Michelle was actually the customer service manager at, uh, or no, or I mean, the manager at Steak and Shake. Oh, okay, yeah. So, which is I don't know, maybe even more chaotic than. Hmm. Uh, PF Chang's. Yeah. Uh, and like they were just so fast at getting stuff done and making decisions. And uh, they had that, you know, the attitude of you, you just get things done no matter what. And they're willing, they were just, their attitude was amazing. And they were just, like I said, they, they would get things done. They were systematized. Um, and I'm personally not that organized. And when running Perfect Origins, those two were the ones who organized me. Mm-hmm. And and the whole thing is like when you're looking at business is one, you need to know what your personal strength is. Yeah. That is not my personal strength. Um, mm-hmm. I learned operations. I'm decent at operations, but it's not my strength. Uh, and I knew it well enough to understand how to delegate things and how to um, find the right people uh, whose personality was like, Their their strength was different than mine. They were more organized, and Mm -hmm. they were uh, finishers. And um, like I'm good at like creating an idea and putting it out there, uh, but you need somebody behind you that if you don't have the skill set of taking something to the finish or executing on it quickly, um, it's not going to help you to come up with the idea. So
0: that was kind of one of the things I was looking for. Yeah, I find both of them there. They don't get too stressed very often unless I call them out of the blue because nobody likes me calling their cell phone. <laughs> most of the time it's nothing bad despite what they say. Uh, but they don't really get stressed too often. And then they also – but they also have like a sense of urgency. Yeah. Which is not like – you know some people, I don't know. They just kind of like you tell them something and then they kind of coast or they don't think it's that important or like a problem happens. you are like, hey, I'll get to it tomorrow. Um, but they don't really act like that. And so maybe that is kind of like a – I don't know, personality thing or, you know, self selection from the restaurant industry. Cause yeah. I, mean, I was like, I was listening to some audio stuff from Brene Brown actually. And she, she, I don't know if they, I don't know if these are restaurants anywhere else, but in Texas, there's like this Papa's sort of chain. They own these massive, kind of nice restaurants, a little bit, you know, most of them I think are a little bit higher end. And she, uh, she still talks about working there in college for four years and how stressful it was and how intense. And like, they'd have to take a break in the middle of the day cause they were just like so like overblown with stress. So maybe that is kind of a, good recruiting trick if you can look for people like that.
1: I mean, I would definitely hire restaurant managers again because like so far we've been two for two. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I mean like people that you, you really like how they work in the personality type. A lot of times will hang out with people similar to them. Right. Mm-hmm. So I knew that when Whitney made that referral, that it was going to be a good referral. And as soon as she got into perfect origins, she was a rock star. Yeah. yeah but both of those two like
0: were, were pivotal in that business for mm-hmm. sure so so like a few of the tactics that like i've had basically zero involvement with at life boost like one is one is the facebook group so you mm-hmm. created at some point i don't remember where you got the idea from but like you created a facebook group for our customers and that i think has been a year now two years more than a year i don't really know oh man um at least a year, I would say. Yeah, at least a year,
1: probably two, a year and a half to two years. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and so, what was the original idea, and do you think it's kind of like lived up to that purpose, and kind of related? Like, would you recommend other people with other e-commerce businesses do the same thing?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, you want to build around a community. Yes. Yeah. So, like, when you bring people into your 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 business. Um, you know, you, you want a way to communicate with them directly. And my whole thing is like coffee is community, right? That's one of the major reasons, connection and community. We talk about that. It's one of our four core pillars, um, mm-hmm. uh, that life Boost stands for, uh, is connection is, uh, I think the third one. Um, and so like we needed a way for them to connect and back in the day it was forums, but like everybody's on Facebook, right? Uh, so that's where we commu- created the community. Um, and it, it started and it, it's, I mean, it's just full of, of memes and people asking questions. Uh, you know, what, what, like for instance, like what type of French press should I buy? And then even I'll go in there and if I see the question, I'll just go to Amazon and find, you know, the French press that I use and I'll, you know, link it in there for them. And it's just a way for them to get quick access. to answers everybody in the community will answer uh you know we have a lot of our customer service people in there as well as uh you know our managers and we have now we have an entire social media team um that, that runs it uh but i mean i yeah I, any business that like caters itself to a community you
0: should definitely create that for them because at one point you were putting some videos in there right i can't remember if they were any of them were live but you did some videos in there like are you still doing that
1: yeah, um, I'll be doing more of it again. It just depends. Like it's one of those. It's like I don't want to be the face of the business. Um, Why not? Because I don't want that much reliance on me. I want to be able to step away and have the business function on its own without me. And if yeah. I'm the one that everybody relies on, uh, it it one once you're a CEO and you, you have like a million things to make decisions on, yeah. like your time is like super valuable. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I love, you know, interacting with people. Um, and I, I like, you know, meeting people in the community, but at the same time, I've also got to be looking for the overall health of the business as well. Yeah, I have some really good people in there who, who do that. And then I'll come in, and just like introduce products or give a, a like last year, we did a, a state of life boost and just kind of talked about what we were planning to do for the year and things mm-hmm. like that. And, and I enjoy that. And we'll, we'll do more of that. We're, we're just setting it up um, now. So I do think it's important for the founder to be involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think
0: they should be the face of the business. That, that's interesting because I thought, I know we had some of these conversations at some point. I thought it was mainly because you thought the business wouldn't be worth as much with your name and face on it. Which to me, it's like I kind of question that now because, like, I mean, look at like the Kardashian businesses, like the Ryan Reynolds thing. They just sold their Mint Mobile for like one point three billion or something like that, and it's like I don't know if that's so much true anymore. I think the I think you can almost argue the opposite. But however, if it's like if it's like, you're the guy who's like, okay, you know, I, I don't mind putting my face on this thing. I, I don't think it's going to devalue the business. But so like, now I'm the guy who's posting videos in the Facebook group. Like now I'm the guy who's like writing personal emails because I don't want somebody else writing under my name. But it's like, it's not so much that it's like devaluing the business, but then all of a sudden, like, <laughs> you're the person who people have to rely on for those things. Cause like, they don't, they don't have to come up with another solution. So like, because you're already kind of filling those roles versus like, right. I'm not going to do that. And so you got to find some way that, some other way to do this, or we just don't do it.
1: Yeah, and I still believe that too. Um, the other thing is, if, if I were Ryan Reynolds or Kim Kardashian, I had that much popularity and status. Yeah. Then, yeah, you would definitely use that. But like, I'm I don't. <laughs> I'm I'm a ghost on, on a lot of social media. Um, yeah. So like, I'll, I'll, I'm a I guess a lurker. <laughs> I'll, I'll comment on different people's. If I'm, there. Yeah. I mean, I'm on there. I just don't post a lot. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It just, it, to me, it's like one more thing I have to do. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, And then, then one of the, uh, I mean, one of the skills you built up, I don't remember w- which business, I don't know if it was Phallus Factor, Perfect Origins was on the email side. I uh, used to be, you know, one of the top guys when it came to email, you were like friends with studying under the people that were probably like the top people in an email. So you're always on top of that stuff. I think you've pulled away from that like a little bit. Like what, what do you think is the state of email if you will in like 2023 and beyond like how is it different now than before do you think it's as valuable for revenue like that sort of thing oh yeah i think it's definitely one of the top
1: keys um email text has definitely come to the top um you Mm -hmm. should like i don't know why i just fell in love with email early uh fat loss factor days i just you know wrote so many emails i got decent at it yeah um and then it just carried through through Perfect Origins and even Life Boost. I still write, you know, a lot of the emails. Now we're we're doing more e-commerce style emails with the graphics and stuff, and testing against, you know, some of the emails that I've written.
0: Or I, like some I, of the fancy design sort of e-commerce yeah. template emails that I've always like hated. They look pretty, but I guess you're trying to prove out if they work just as well or not. Yeah, yeah,
1: and it's still honestly still up in the air. Um, yeah, hmm. like I'm I'm not convinced that. You know, e-commerce is better, and I'm not convinced that you know just writing is better because, like, it's it's going both ways. It's my I think that there's definitely a hybrid that. I we're mean, you
0: with. you almost never mail from your personal name, right, to the Life Boost customers. Uh, yeah, I keep it from the business. So I feel like that would be the difference. Is like if you were willing to say this is from Doctor Charles, and I wanted to feel like a natural Gmail email that would be like one version versus like this is from Lifeboost Coffee and it's like a branded sort of like fancy looking like template email. But I guess if it's kind of like if it's a from Lifeboost Coffee, but it looks like a Gmail email, that's like a little bit different yeah, than just feeling like a personal thing.
1: Yeah, that's something I, uh, yeah we definitely should test honestly is I'm not opposed to doing that. So we'll put that on the testing block and and see uh, how that that works.
0: Yeah. I mean, knowing, knowing everything you know now, like how often do you think, and say an e-commerce business is doing million bucks a year in sales, how often do you think they should be emailing their customers?
1: And that depends on the type of product they have, right? And how many products they have. Like for us, we have, I don't know, what, 40 something different SKUs, products.
0: So we I mean, what, 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 if, what if you were a brewmate? Like we're both familiar with brewmate. If anybody's not, they create like these really cool kind of design, drinkware, tumblers, mugs, like all that kind of stuff. Like what if you were them? I they can literally mail every day because they have something, they have so many different
1: things, right? Uh and then I would segment it like when we mail, we don't hit the entire list all the time. We'll segment mm-hmm. it down to, you know, you know, sometimes we'll we'll pull out the decaf people or pull out the pods people, or um, you know, instead of mailing the whole list, we'll only do like the most engaged for the past, you know, ten weeks or something. Yeah. Um but, yeah, I mean, it just depends on what you have to offer. And, like, if it's, like, a one-off product and you don't have anything else, then you probably shouldn't be mailing your customers. Hmm. if You don't have anything to sell
0: them all the time. Yeah. Uh, but if you yeah. have a lot of things to sell, then, yeah. Do you think it makes sense for an e-commerce business, say, like Brewmate, uh to send people pure content?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that definitely helped. Um, I think Brewmate is kind of, you know, they sell drink stuff, but I mean, if you look behind why they're selling it, it's, you know, for people who are going to parties and going outdoors and doing different things, that need something to keep the drink cold. Right. So yeah. there's a thousand different pieces of content they could do recipes and that kind yeah. of thing it Gives people. I mean, when I think about how I, you know, Look at newsletters and stuff and content for like come from companies like that i'm like oh yeah that's a great idea and so like then if i'm using the product and they given like for example like the x3 bar you know you know I, I really enjoy that and have yeah followed dr jack wish and like a lot like a lot of his stuff and his emails um are good they go come through and they have some good ideas of how to use or correct my form on how i'm using the product i think that's super helpful right Uh, just like Brewmate, if they were teaching you, you know, a a way that will keep your, your drink 20% cooler just by this one simple thing, I'd like to
0: know that. Right. Yeah. How, how does the X3 bar guy break up between like just teaching you stuff versus like selling new bands, new other stuff that he has going on? Um, a lot of times it'll be just like a, a small piece of content. Like his,
1: like if you look, he'll do like social posts and he'll, have emails it will be like you know they'll give a piece of content saying hey you know this is why you know variable resistance training is superior to weightlifting and then yeah. he'll be like this um research article from 2021 says this uh and at the bottom it would just have uh, an offer for maybe one of his like his his 99 um, orange band which is like the most heavy extreme it looks like thickness of a tire. It's so thick. <laughs> um, but you would have that at the bottom of it and then yeah. you could buy or like, it would be a link to other things. So it's like there, there's a direct selling and then there's like an indirect way to sell. Right. Mm-hmm. And just a piece of content with a link at the bottom to something works good too. So yeah. with like life boost, like we'll do some direct sales, but we'll also do indirect sales. Like we'll do newsletters and we'll put like a, a banner in the middle of the newsletter for a medium roast coffee or something. Yeah. Right. But with email marketing, it's as much about variety Mm -hmm. as it is about the content. Like people, you don't want people to get banner blindness, right? Where they see something so much, they just kind of glaze over it. So you always want to keep them guessing and keep new and interesting. So that's kind of how I've approached any type of email marketing, um,
0: yeah, cool. Yeah, so I know you're going to get back to actually running the business rather than chit-chatting with me on, on video. <laughs> uh, so two quick questions. So sure. Charles, from what I know, I've only known you since you were probably, I don't know, I guess like, what are you like, 40 now? 41, 42, something like yeah, that? Yeah, you can keep going lower. No, I'm 44. Yeah. <laughs> 44? Yeah, <laughs> don't look like it. But So maybe I've probably known you, I don't know, 7, 8 years, something like that. And so from what I hear, you've been Jack since you were like 15. Very into health and fitness. Charles is my go-to source for diet and fitness advice. What do you think is the best diet today? Oh man, um, that's a good question. It depends on what your goal is for diet. Mm-hmm. Like, um, all right, two two questions. One, if you want to build muscle. Two, if you want to lose weight.
1: Lose weight. I honestly think the best diet is carnivore.
0: Hmm.
1: Like, I've never seen anything like, create, like, quicker rate lo- weight loss results, results in people going straight
0: carnivore. Yeah. Which is funny because um, now that I know your fat loss factor had was, like, vegetarian, clean vegetarian, but yeah. still.
1: The whole goal of that was, I mean, y- you, you know better, you do better, right? And at that time, like, the whole goal was just to eliminate processed foods from people. Yeah. Um, and... Yeah, and so that and that, that we'd only do it for a couple of weeks. Uh so it was infuse the body with nutrition and fiber uh and to get rid of, get away from processed foods. Mm-hmm. Uh that seemed to work well. Um now, you know, just from the what the research studies show, uh it's, you know, protein being the most thermogenic of all the between protein, fat and carbs. Um and that's what builds muscle, right? So working out like doing some type of resistance training a carnivore diet i think is the fastest way to lose weight what about build muscle to build muscle um you want to add you need carbs you need calories yeah so like i i i I turn my bicep so i've been on more of a weight loss so i've been doing like five days carnivore two days um high carb for, for sanity and to um, spike some of my hormone levels back up. Uh, because if you're doing too low calorie, you'll a lot of times get stagnant. Yeah. Uh, and so you want to spike your leptin levels, which leptin's a hormone, um, which will uh, kind of kickstart your your metabolism again and allow mm-hmm. you to wait. Um, so, yeah, but like if, as soon as like my bicep is healed and I can go for – building mass, I will go probably five five days high-carb
0: and two days carnivore. Hmm. So yeah. I'll, I'll flip-flop it. Okay, and then last question. So you've been working with this fancy mentor of yours that's got kind of crazy background, work with Oprah, et cetera, et cetera, lots of cool people in the mastermind. Uh, what do you think is the most important thing you've learned from him? Oh man, there are so many things.
1: Honestly, one of the most important things is just clarity, getting clear Mm -hmm. on your goals, your, your life goals, like what you want in life, uh, basically start with the end of mind, right? You've heard, you know, you've seen the book ready, fire, aim. I know that talks about it, but starting with the end of mind, I think is super important because in order to get to where you want to go, you need to know where that is. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Uh, So getting clarity on that and clarity is something that is not easy to get. Yeah, uh, And it's a something that you should seek daily. Uh, and so one of the biggest things he's taught me was strategic thinking time. So every day you spend some time, whether it's 10 minutes a day, whether it's 30 minutes a day, whether it's an hour a day. Uh, it just whatever it is you want to grow or you want to obtain, you spend like 10, 10 minutes minimum on that problem. So you ask a question, spend 10 minutes on that problem. What will happen is... The first time you do it, you'll you'll purge out all of those surface level thoughts, right? And then, once that's done, you, you get this. Um, you, you'll, your mind will be blank. You'll be like, I don't have anything left in it. But if you just sit in that that pocket for a while, all of a sudden, new things will start to to come up, and you'll be able to drive deeper into that. That that. So, for instance, um, like if I'm like wanting to grow revenue in Life Boost. I'll be like, how do I grow revenue and life boost? And then I'll take 10 minutes a day and I'll just start writing ideas until I don't have any more ideas left. And mm-hmm. then I will just sit there and stare and just think. And what will happen is that like maybe the second or third day I'll start to get some other things pop up. And so I'll write those down and I'll just sit there and think, I mean, it's, it can be brutal because you're like, I have nothing left, but there's always something left. You can always dig deeper. So I think, Seeking that that depth of clarity and just pushing through all the surface stuff that your is is that your cluttered brain is filled with. Um, I think that was one of the best things he's taught me. That's helped
0: tremendously. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I, f- I found there's there's no substitute when you want to like improve something than daily attention. It's like. I don't know. It's like, you know, some people are like, oh, you know, check in on your progress weekly, monthly, whatever. I don't think it works. I think, I mean, it maybe depends on the thing, but in my experience, like anything that like I've struggled to improve, whether it was like gaining weight or improving some aspect of business, you can't, obviously you can't do this for like 20 things because you run out of time. But it's like, if there's like one thing you want to work on, it's like, to me, there's like no substitute than forcing yourself to like, look at it every single day, seven days a week, like without fail. Cause it's kind of like your mind's going to be focused on something that's kind of forcing you to put attention on there. Even on, even on the times you're, you're not working on it. Cause you're like balancing ideas. You're taking your dogs for a walk or whatever. And it's like stuff like that surfaces up because you've like forced yourself to put attention on it every day.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, that's yeah, you, you nailed it. I think that's super important. The other thing is just be open and ready to receive ideas. Mm-hmm. So something that, you know, I've, I don't know, I don't know if anybody told it to me, it's just something that um, I try to, to, I'm always have my my notepad on my phone. Like I cannot write, people say, oh, you need to have a notebook and write stuff down. I can't, I know you do that. I can't do that because I can't read. <laughs> so I writing stuff down here. <laughs> yeah, I can't read my writing. <laughs> so, <laughs> doctor, That's why. <laughs> I know, it's so bad that I can't read it. So I just type it in my notepad. And so like I've been doing this, oh my gosh. I don't know. I know for, for life boost since 2019, like I keep a document open that it's like my brain dump list or my, what I call my strategic thinking. And then I'll just put the date down. And then anytime I get an idea, I'll just go in and I'll jot it down or like a website pops up like that one. You just sent me about yeah. the, uh, the upsell thing. So I wrote that down in that document just so I wouldn't forget it. And I've got like, I think every year I end up with like 50 plus pages full of just, information of my thoughts and ideas. And it uh, just keeps it running. You like never delete it or anything. Yeah. And no, well, I, every year I create a new document. So I have, oh. I have them all linked in, in, in the, the next year's document. So, but I, each day you would put something, you would just write a note or the date. I mean, yeah, I just put the date and I put a note. And so like, yeah, on average, I have about 50 plus
0: pages this year. I think I'm, it'll be over a hundred pages. Is this, is this just using the Apple notes app or something different? Uh, I use Google docs for this on your phone.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the note I used, I was using the notepad. I'll correct myself. I was using the notepad, but then like I, the mainly I'll use, I'll do both, but mainly I'll use the Google docs. Yeah. Uh, A lot better for the computer. Yeah, it depends on how fast I can, like, sometimes, like, I come up with an idea and I, like, freak out because I'm afraid I'm going to forget it, so I'll pop open the notepad and I'll put it in there. Yeah. But if I if I can have a moment to, like, open up, you know, Google Docs, then I'll just do that.
0: Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, thanks for doing this. We're about 50-something minutes in, and I'm sure <laughs> you've got a million people pinging you over there, so thanks for doing this. <laughs> Ain't no problem, man. All right, so I hope you enjoyed that discussion. Now, if you own an e-commerce business or wanna build one, I'd love for you to come hang out with Charles and I in person this June at SellerCon. It is the best event for e-commerce business builders on the planet. You're gonna meet amazing people, learn from the world's greatest e-commerce entrepreneurs, and you will dramatically increase your motivation to skyrocket your business. Visit sellercon.com, that's S-E-L-L-E-R-C-O-N, today to get more details and to grab your ticket to join us live this June in Austin, Texas.